You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So just so those of you know, uh, you know, we've ended up, we're, we're spending a few weeks talking about different aspects of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. Uh, these guys, as they go back, um, Jamie Birdsey uh, put together a six-week series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a teaching series, and you know Jamie. She has songs and videos and uh, teaching material and keynote stuff and games to play and crafts to do and all of this stuff. It's a whole curriculum. And so she shared that with us, and, and uh, that's what the kids are doing back there too. So as we are talking about the Holy Spirit and his ministry in here, that's what they're dealing with back there. That isn't, we don't always, we don't coordinate that kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, that really opens up some discussion uh, for you parents uh, with your kids about the Holy Spirit, about I just really encourage you, and they're going to be encouraged to ask you questions about your relationship with the Holy Spirit, your experiences with the Holy Spirit. So we really love to uh, help encourage those kind of conversations in your home. All right. So I started this uh, just last week, I guess. That's why it says number two there um, on my screen. I started this series last week. Um, there were a number of things. I won't go back into all how this got started, but I just called this the well and the river. And, and that's because Jesus laid out uh, as he taught his disciples and those that followed him about the Holy Spirit. He used these two illustrations to lay out what I see as two primary roles of the Holy Spirit. One represented with a well of water. And we found that we looked at it last week. We'll probably look at it some more this week if I get that far. Uh, over in John chapter 4, where he was talking to the woman at the well and, and talked about how for those who uh, believe in, in him, that as, as they received what he gave to them, that life would become, he described it as a well of living water within them. And so we're going to talk about more what that means today. But then later, Jesus also talked about the fact that as we receive him, that the Holy Spirit becomes like a river of living water that flows out of us. So there are sort of two aspects to that. When we give our lives over to the Lord, when we become Christians, we accept the work of Jesus at the cross. We confess him as Lord and Savior. And remember, those are... Those are so, we, we confess him as Savior, all right? His work at the cross provided forgiveness for our sins. But then we're supposed to also receive him as Lord, which means he's in charge of our lives, our attitudes, our hearts, where, what we think, where we go, what we do, okay? So as we receive him, the Holy Spirit comes into us. And that's the word, that's the terminology that is used around the Holy Spirit's work at the new birth. When we give our lives to Jesus and we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes into us. He comes in to live in us. The Bible says that we are the individually and collectively, two different passages, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the place, we're God's house. All right, this isn't God's house. This is where God's house gathers, all right? And, and so we 
That's an incredible thought. When you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into you. And Jesus um, used this analogy of him being like a well of water. All right. So, and then later, and I'm just giving you, I'm just going back. This is kind of some review for us, just foundation. Later, Jesus began to talk to his disciples as he was getting ready to go to the cross and then go back and be seated at the Father's right hand. He gave his disciples an assignment to go out into the earth and do the same works that he'd been doing. To go out, the, we, can, we can read the assignment in a couple at the end of the book of Mark, at the end of the book of Matthew. We can read about the assignment that we were given to go into all the world, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to preach the gospel. But it's not just preach the gospel. All those other things are a part of preaching the gospel. And he told his disciples, he gave them the assignment. And then he told them, but don't go anywhere yet wait until the Holy Spirit is poured out. And he said, a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that was a different experience. These people had already received him. He had already been raised from the dead. And in John chapter 20, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And when you look up that word received, it means admit him into you. There's that word into. In other words, be born again. And the Holy Spirit will come into you. To the same people, he then said, don't go anywhere. Don't do the assignment. Don't follow the command that I just gave you until you receive power. And, and you are empowered through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then you will have power to be my witnesses throughout the earth. Okay? So we have these two aspects of the Holy Spirit's ministry, one represented in a well of water, one represented in a river of living water. Both of those are living water, all right? So the difference, you can think about it with me, the difference between a well and a river, they both carry the same substance, right? Does everybody know there's water in both a well and a river? Is that, we got that part? Excellent. Okay, so they carry the same substance. It's the same Holy Spirit in both situations. But a well, and, and the word uh, well and the terminology about a well uh, in the Bible, it's speaking of a place where there was a spring of water. So there was water, fresh water coming in. And then they put, they built a well around it or they dug down to it. And so uh, how many of you ever been around a stagnant pond of water that had no inflow or outflow? Awful stuff. That's not what we're talking about. That's not something you want to go to and drink, all right? It is a fresh flow, inflow of water into a storage place where you can go anytime and you can go again and again and again and you can draw out that fresh water. You can be refreshed you can be cleansed. There are all kinds of things. We'll talk about some of them that that well ministry of the Holy Spirit, he is in us. He dwells in us. He is there all the time. And we can go to him with our bucket of faith and of expectation 
Remember in the Bible, the word hope means confident expectation of good. It's not based on our circumstances. It's not based on what any other human being or situation or anything else. It is something God gives. Hope is this powerful uh, companion to faith that gives faith a direction. And so you can go any time to this well, and you don't have to go to somebody else's well. You, you actually can receive, and we do receive, from somebody else's well. But you can go, this well is there with you all the time, in every situation. And you can go, and through your own choice, and this is kind of important, a well is someplace, you got to draw the water out. It's part of what the woman said, the Samaritan woman. You know, she said, he, he said, will you give me a drink? And and uh, she said, you know, why are you a Jewish man talking to me, a Samaritan woman? He completely crossed all the cultural barriers there. We may talk about that. But, it, but at any rate, she said, well, you don't have a bucket. You know, she, he said, well, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me and I'd give you a drink. And she said, you don't even have a bucket, buddy. And, and it's my paraphrase. And But so it's important for us to realize that this well ministry of the Holy Spirit, you get to choose whether you put a draw on the Holy Spirit in you or not. And sad to say, honestly, there there are a lot of Christians walking around with this well on the inside of them. If they've given their life to Jesus, he's in there, okay? Who never learned how to put a draw on the Holy Spirit, or how to put a draw on a gift in somebody else as they begin to minister. How to, I go into a service ready to pull. I believe whoever has been set up there that day or at a conference, whatever, God has put something in them for me. And I go in there to pull on that gift, to draw on that gift with my faith my expectation, and I believe, I know, because I've been on both sides of it, that I can pull the word out of them. I can pull my word out of them. But anyway, so so there's, you know, there's this, a well is this spring-fed storage place, all right? A river is something that is, you know, we said a, a well is a place where you can go anytime to draw water. Okay, a river is going somewhere. The water in the river is going somewhere. It is doing something. It is not just there, ready to be drawn upon. It's going somewhere. Rivers have power. And that was the point, and we'll look at this later in this study, of Jesus saying, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That was a different picture than the well of water. All right, the river of water is the Holy Spirit who comes upon us. It's different than in two. Same Holy Spirit, right? Water in both places, right? Same Holy Spirit. But what Jesus told his disciples was, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit is poured out. When he comes upon you, he uses this word upon you, then you will be empowered to be my witnesses. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we get saturated with him. We receive, we pray, we receive by faith the baptism, the saturation. That word just means saturation in. 
and, and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit comes upon us and he comes upon us to minister to others. He comes upon us to flow out of us like a river. There's power in a river. When you get any of you who have experience with rivers, um, you know, I did a little river kayaking, but as soon as it got really strong, I was out of there. The thing, and this is just a little river. This is just a little river. There's so much power in rivers. And any of you who have waded in a river, you feel the power against you. you, you've, you there, so the river is going somewhere. The river is released. The river is a picture of the Holy Spirit in motion. The Holy Spirit moving to accomplish the will of God. Jesus used both of those pictures to talk about the Holy Spirit's ministry uh, in the Christian. Both of those and let, let me back up just a little bit. So the well of water, all right? It's a place that we go to draw upon. What does that well do? The, the, to put it into very simple, just small terms, when the Holy Spirit comes into us like a well of water, what he begins to do, what that fresh bubbling spring begins to do is change us from the inside out. The Bible calls us a process of transformation. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 talks about the renewing of our minds. As we submit to the work of God in our lives, we yield ourselves, we become a living sacrifice. Our minds are renewed through this, uh, through this metamorphosis. The, the Bible uses this term, metamorphosis, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The, the word transformed is a Greek word where we get the word metamorphosis. So so that means, if you think about the caterpillar and the butterfly thing, uh, a caterpillar goes into this, creates this cocoon, and an entirely different being comes out of that. If we didn't know this, we would never, I would never relate the caterpillar to the butterfly if we didn't know that this is what's happening. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what that well ministry does in us. He brings transformation. He changes us from the inside into completely different people. We also call that same process the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. We find that over in Galatians chapter 5. All right, so what is that? That is character development. That is, we would call it Christian maturity. We would call it transformation. We would call it character development. The Holy Spirit's well ministry in us is for us. It changes us. It produces God's nature and God's character in us. In fact, I may never get to the rest of this today. Let's go over to John chapter 15. Let's look at what uh, Jesus said about this. Are you with me so far? Turn over to John chapter 15. See, the thing is, and the point I hope I still get to today, I don't know if I made it well last week, is that the Holy Spirit has these two ministries in us. Well, one in us, one through us. All right, one is character development changing us. The other is flowing out of us in power so that we can accomplish what God has set us here to do. All right? And unfortunately, in the body of Christ, we've decided to argue about which one of those is most important 
or which one of those is for today or which one of those. They're both important. And, and we'll see why here. So here in John chapter 15, thinking about this well ministry, him transforming us, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. All right, so he says, as we connect with him vitally, he says, I'm the vine. You could say the root. I'm not as familiar with vines, okay? But, and, and we're the branches. We are a part that is attached to him and his life flows up through the plant, up through the relationship and flows out through us and then fruit is produced in our lives. Okay, I'm way more familiar with fruit trees than I am with vines, okay? But it's the same process. That branch has to be attached vitally to the rest of the tree where the sap is, where the life is, in order to produce fruit out at the end of the branch. And Jesus says here, he says, when you produce fruit, the reward for that is going to be pruning in your life. Okay, and then he tells them, you disciples, you're already, our Bibles say, cleansed or clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So the cleaning, can we all see the cleaning happened through Jesus speaking the word to them? Does that make sense to everybody? Okay, the word cleaned or cleansed is the exact same word as the word pruned. But we think of pruned as something harsh, God coming along with a machete in your life and hacking things off of you. And yet it's, and but cleanse, that sounds good. It's the same word in the Greek. Okay, same word. So the idea is when you prune a fruit tree, what you do is you, you do remove some things. I never used a machete. We generally used clippers. But you remove things that are dead number one. And secondly, you remove things that are hindering the growth and the shape of the tree to produce the most fruit. Your goal is to make the tree more fruitful. That's what Jesus is talking about. He says the the fruit's only going to happen if my life is flowing up and out through you. So there has to be a vital connection, number one, which is our relationship with him, which again, we have some say in. Okay. We, we, the, the branch on that fruit tree has no say in how connected it is to the rest of the tree. We do. God gave us that opportunity. You make Jesus the Lord of your life. You enter into a relationship with you and he's not going with him and he's not going anywhere. But we get to decide how much we put into that relationship, how connected we stay, how much time we spend with him, how much we develop that relationship to where we're sensitive to him and what he's doing. We're sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying in us and how much the Holy Spirit wants to move through us to release to somebody else. All right, we get to decide that. But in that process, as you begin to bear fruit, what does that mean? It means my attitudes start to change. My thinking changes. My actions change. Um, fruit, 
is character. It is his character flowing through us. The tree produces fruit that comes from that tree, okay? That character, that fruit in your life and my life, it's not supposed to just be a mask that we put on. Us putting on nice behavior or Christ-like behavior at certain times, and yet our hearts are totally opposite of that. Our hearts are going somewhere else, and as soon as we're out of that situation, the mask comes down, that's religion. That's what religion does. It teaches you, here's what a Christian looks like, so you, you pretend to look like that, okay, especially in church. All right, that's why Jesus went into church and just disrupted what they were doing. Had the audacity to cast demons out of people during church, okay? But but fruit is fruit. It is a living thing. It is the result of a life organic process. And, and the fruit of the Spirit is a result of that well ministry of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, of that living water bubbling up. And so what he does is he begins, he does, he begins to speak to us and change our direction. He takes certain things out of our life. He says, this is dead. I'm removing it from your life. We unlike the fruit tree, have the option to hang on to that dead branch or to to hang on to that branch that's shading a bunch of the good part of the tree that's interfering with the growth of the tree. We have the option to hang on to it or to let his word cleanse us. All right? He doesn't come in with a machete. He comes in with his word and the Holy Spirit, remember we saw that last week, reminds us of everything he said. It means he speaks it to us over and over and over and over. That's faithfulness. That's not him bugging you, okay? That's not him annoying you. That's faithfulness because his goal is to produce more fruit, all right? So I I hope this is clear. Think back again. Okay, we're talking about the well portion of the Holy Spirit's ministry and the development of Christian character. In fact, let's let's just read a little bit more here because it's too good to leave. Uh, Verse four says, remain in me. That means settle down and make your home in me. That's, That's what that means. And I will settle down and make my home in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It can put on a mask by itself, but it can't bear fruit by itself. Fruit in the earth by God's declaration carries seed within itself that has the power to reproduce itself. So fruit, genuine, Jesus transformation, Holy Spirit change on the inside of us, the changing of our hearts, the changing of our thought life, the changing of our attitudes, the new behavior that is a reflection of his life in us, the real thing, the genuine stuff where you've been changed. You don't want to be involved in that anymore. And this thing that you didn't really used to like, you love to be a part of. I didn't used to, I wanted, I know I've told you this a hundred times, I wanted nothing to do with church. Now I love meeting together with you guys. I love meeting with you and meeting with the Lord in this kind of environment. I love it. Well, God changed that. I didn't. That was fruit. 
in my life. It's a different attitude. It's a different behavior for me, okay? That fruit, whatever it might be, maybe you used to be a very fearful person and because of that fear, you were a hoarder. Now, God has filled that space with himself. He's pruned that out of your life. And now you're a person who's generous. You're looking for places to give yourself and your stuff away to people, okay? That is fruit of his spirit. Maybe you grew up, and I've known people, I've had people say this to me when they get really involved in strife and, and gossip and bitterness and unforgiveness and talk to them from the scripture about forgiving somebody and they'd say, well, my family just, we don't do that. It's like, well, okay, but you're in a new family now and this family does do that and Jesus will actually empower you to do that. The vine, the life in the vine will actually empower you to become a very forgiving person. Maybe you're a person who just always had a negative outlook on everything in life. But now as you spend time with Jesus, you find that you do have hope. You expect good things to happen. All right, so whatever the whatever it is, okay, that's fruit. That fruit carries the seed of the life that changed that in you. So that means that the fruit in our life becomes a genuinely powerful witness, a powerful influence for the kingdom of God in the world around us. So here's what I'm trying to get at. We have part of the church uh, that says, I'm probably getting way ahead of myself. Really wanted to read some more out of John, but let's, let's just go here. We have part of the church that's looking at this character issue. Jesus comes into our life. We become different people. We're we are supposed to be more and more and more and more like him all through our life. That's going to go on your whole life, by the way. None of us ever arrive till we see him face to face. Then it says we'll be fully changed. Okay, so get used to it. Uh, but, but there are people in the body of Christ. We have segments that say this character issue, that's what's really important. The power issue, the miracles, the healing, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit found over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That stuff's not so important, but the character issue is really important. We have groups that say all, all that power stuff actually passed away. It doesn't even exist anymore. And there's nowhere in the Bible that says that. And there's nowhere in church history that shows that, that any of that passed away. Okay. Then we have other people that feel like, no, the power thing, that's the whole deal get baptized in the Holy Spirit, begin to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, begin to experience that, begin to have those manifestations of his life and power, that supernatural stuff flowing through you. That's what gets people to Christ. That's what you, you, somebody's sick and their body gets healed. They got to pay attention to the gospel, right? So as, as human beings, we tend to do this. We have groups that say, aren't really flowing in the power either, but are saying the character thing doesn't matter at all. Jesus went to the cross. He died for everybody's sin. Everybody's going to heaven, whether they ever receive him or not. It's called universalism. And it is again, not the first time, many times over, but again, really growing in the United States because it's a system where, oh, 
Jesus did it all. Doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter how I live. Doesn't matter where I go. Doesn't matter what I do with my, my language, my eyes, my thoughts, my, and it doesn't matter. It's all taken care of. And I, I have friends that are, have gone fully headlong into that. Their favorite thing is to post online about their sin. You know, they're just, they just think it's the greatest thing in the world. My wife and I, we went out and we just got plastered this weekend. It's just awesome because Jesus already paid for it. Okay, so we have all these different factions in the church. And I'm here to say, just forget the universalism thing, but character, the well ministry, okay, in us, he comes into us, feeds life into us, produces fruit, changes us, character development, and the river ministry, the Holy Spirit coming upon us, us moving in whatever gifts he wants to bring through us, us having words of wisdom and words of knowledge for people, us laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, us having messages, either whether it's in tongues and interpretation or prophecy, uh, any way that God wants to use us and speak through us. You know, all of those things, discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, all these things, both of them, are the same Holy Spirit, and both of them are essential. They're both essential. In fact, essential isn't even the right word. They are both normal. They are both normal Christian living. This is what Jesus left for us. They're both a blessing. And we have people that are real uncomfortable with moving of the spiritual gifts, and so they don't really want anything to do with that. Well, Jesus said, we read it last week, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter, another guide. And that word another means another exactly like me, of the exact same kind as me. Well, I'm fine with Jesus, but man, don't give me that Holy Spirit. It's the same. He's the same. He's a separate person, but he's the same. He will not trick you. He will not trip you up. He will not throw you on the floor in a trance and make you say things that you never thought of. He will, he's not that weird. He's no weirder than Jesus is. Some Christians, I say this as a spirit-filled Christian, some spirit-filled Christians are weird, okay? Let's just, let's just get it out there, all right? But it doesn't have to be that way. This is normal. He, he said, he said, uh, when he talked to them in Acts chapter 1 about the coming of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the river ministry, he said, wait for the gift my father promised. The gift my father promised. And remember, they were already born again. They already had the well going. They already had the Holy Spirit in them. He said, yeah, but wait for this. It's the gift my father promised. This is, this should be normal Christianity to us. And one's not more, they're both important. But one more thing comes to mind. Let me say this. What time is it? Three minutes. Uh, never got off the review slide. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, we have, sorry, now I lost it because I got off on the, I looked at my watch. Oh man, it's an important thought. It really is. It was about character or power or something or that relationship. Can't believe I lost it. It's a good one. We have the gift. We have the gift. That's not it. But thank you. Nice try. 
<laughs> Always helpful. Um, oh, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You guys are all really helpful. Really helpful. No, it was about, it was about the, the, the debate back. Oh, got it. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. So we also have people that who believe uh, that the gifts of the Spirit are for today, that that type of moving of the Holy Spirit is for today, which we do. Um, but they feel like, well, I'm disqualified because I'm not mature enough yet. I haven't grown enough in character for God to use me. I believe the gifts are out there, but God couldn't use me that way because I haven't grown enough on the character side. So here's the problem with that. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus takes his 12 disciples. We just read about it a couple of weeks ago. Takes his 12 disciples, empowers them to go out two by two into villages ahead of him, without him, under his anointing, and to cast out demons, heal the sick, and prepare the way for him to come. All right? So you would think, oh, they must have been mature enough. No, these guys almost right away, they, they came back and they had some success. So they start arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. They start having this argument. And then two of them decide they should use the power of God to incinerate a whole village of people that didn't agree with them. And, they, and so... And so <laughs> They weren't perfect. So what did Jesus do? He, he thought that was a bad mistake, sending them out. No, he gets 70 more and does the same thing and sends them out. And then he starts, you know, on into the, on into the New Testament. God has not had a perfect person to use other than Jesus ever, okay? He does, and not again, not saying character is not important. It really is. And, and this needs to stay in a good balance. We need to dig in, learn how, which is what we were going to talk about today, how to draw from that well ministry of the Holy Spirit so that we are growing in character and we are growing in that relationship with him. But at the same time, be open to receiving everything that he has given us. And I'll, I'll just say this and I'll quit. I know it's time. As far as the baptism of the Holy Spirit goes, I don't know how we as Christians, we get into these big debates about this stuff and just read the Bible. And Jesus said, if you ask the Father, he's not going to, you ask him for a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a rock. You ask him for a, uh, anyway, he's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you a scorpion. He's not going to give you something bad. And he said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. Okay, he'll give him to you. And so, the way that we receive, I mean, it's great to have somebody pray for you, and I'm happy to do that. We see that in the scripture. People lay hands on, on people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if you know how to receive Jesus, then you already know how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You ask and you receive by faith. It's a grace gift. You receive by faith and you let the Lord begin to do a new work in you. And that's really all there is to it. It's, it's a, you know, it's an awesome thing, but I received all by myself. I, it would have been great if I, I wasn't in church. I hadn't had that transformation yet. I wasn't around any of that. I just heard about this and saw it in the scripture. And I said, Lord, I want that. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then things developed 
from that uh, as far as moving in the gifts and all of that. But at any rate, both of those things are very important. Both of those things are essential and normal to the Christian life. Does that make sense to you? Let's stand up and pray. Whether you agree or not, does it make sense to you? All right. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, for everything that you have provided for us, obviously first for the sacrifice of Jesus, for the giving of your son and the shedding of his blood for our sins so that we could enter into this amazing, intimate relation, this vine and branches relationship with you. And we thank you for the indwelling Holy Spirit. We thank you that when we gave our lives to you, Lord, the Holy Spirit came and settled down to live in us. That is an amazing truth. And Lord, we want to, this is a bad way to say it, but we want to take advantage of the gift you've given. We want to, we want to learn how to draw. We want to learn how to pull on what you have put in us, Lord, and drink from you over and over and over. But Lord, we also thank you for the empowering that comes through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you flow through us. You've chosen to flow through us out into the world to make yourself known in that way to the world. We thank you for all of it. It's all beyond measure. It is all absolutely beyond what we could have thought or imagined or asked for. We thank you for it. And I pray, Lord, for all of us as we go out of this place, we understand out there in the world, in our lives, in this community and others, we carry your presence within us. And those who receive it, we carry your presence upon us to flow out to others. And Lord, we just yield ourselves to all of that so that we go out of this place as the church of Jesus Christ. We go out of this place as lights in dark places. We go out of this place as fresh, living water, a living message from you to the world. We thank you for it. What an awesome privilege in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.